0: i'm dom bettinelli and you're listening to the secrets of the original ghostbusters that's right the original 1984 we're going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings well i mean as much as there is in the ghostbusters uh and uh, joining me today on the panel are mike creevy hi mike hey dom good to see you you too and mike dens hi mike hey how you doing Good, good. As before, I'm going to try to remember to use your whole name so that everyone knows who's talking to who here in this, this craziness. I've, I've previously said before we started that Mike, father, Mike Gossett is not allowed to be on a panel with you guys because then it would just be a mess. It would be the Mike and Mike and Mike show. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, we're off to a great start here on this crazy podcast. And so uh, I want to s- suggest to everyone, please make sure that you've subscribed in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app. At the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should hit the bell to get notifications. Because if you don't do it, there'll be cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> All right. I'm already quoting the movie. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 1984, that's when this movie came out. The Ghostbusters starring Bill Murray, uh, Dan Aykroyd, oh, the, uh what? Oh, though the third one i forget what harold, harold oh, ramus oh my yep. gosh i should have I, I was going to you know type them all down I'm like hey i remember all the who is in this movie <laughs> I, apparently not uh imdb is coming up now so i can <laughs> make sure
1: there don't you go. i don't forget because
0: this movie has quite the cast not just the yeah. main cast but the supporting cast we got sigourney weaver we got rick moranis uh we've got um uh, like even just mo- like uh William Atherton as uh, as Walter Peck.
1: Yes. yeah, the the nineteen eighties jerk uh, who made, <laughs> made millions being a jerk. For yes, Die Hard and this movie. Uh, yep, that's right. You, know, you know, when you read about uh, what he went through, uh, people uh, calling him names that I won't mention on the show, and uh, you know, uh, and and. and I think he might have been physically assaulted too. Yeah, he uh.
0: he said he had twelve-year-old kids attacking him in the street. Yeah. You know, it was just uh, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. But uh, like, uh, let's some of the other people who show up in this. Uh, we have uh, Annie Potts as uh, Janine Melnitz, their their mm-hmm. secretary. Ernie Hudson, of course, uh, is in it. Oh, yeah. uh, gosh, uh, and then other people who would go on to you recognizable careers, uh, you know, in Hollywood as character actors. We'd have you know the. uh, who was it, Dana Barrett's the the uh, the violinist, the orchestra? Uh, we only see him in oh, one. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I had to look him up. Yeah, the Timothy Carr. Timothy Carr, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like
0: so many people, and then of course is the cameos. You got Larry King. You got Casey yes. Kasem you get Casey Kasem's wife? Wife. Yes. Do you, you, she was the tall blonde woman at the Lewis, party. Louis, i going De- home. Yeah. <laughs> her feature film debut. She was never yep. in a movie before. Um, oh, yeah.
1: And, and she used to be uh, uh, Carla's ex-husband, Nick's uh, wife, uh, second on, wife on Cheers.
0: Cheers. That's right. That's right. Um, and you can also watch
1: a 48 Hours about her and the death of Casey Kasem and the arguing between her and the kids and oh my gosh hmm. it's, it's fascinating but that's a whole other podcast
0: yes way <laughs> to bring it down there mike but no no no, no just kidding <laughs> well speaking of diehard by the way with william atherton another diehard alum is in this movie reginald Vell johnson who plays the cop yes you know and who was also with the um in that movie with the annoying kid urkel uh He's a does cop. he yeah i was gonna yeah. say
2: because he played the he was al powell and die hard he was the yep you know carl winslow in uh family matter that's <laughs> so right He only always, plays police officer he's only hey yeah. you know
0: good for him it's <laughs> you gotta roll me i'll
1: bring my own
2: costume
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly so uh so what a cast and then of course the people who were are said to have been auditioned or roles for them the ernie hudson's uh role is winston was originally supposed to be eddie murphy right which would have been very interesting but eddie murphy chose to do uh i forget some other probably bad movie no no actually this was about the time of beverly hills cop so it's probably beverly hills cop he hadn't started doing the really bad movies
2: at this point yeah he was churning them out in the early 80s (laughs) right right so
0: uh so what a what a cast uh and yeah originally written by dan Aykroyd, he wrote the original script uh it wasn't, it was deemed not really workable. I think it was like took place in the future where there was police department, fire department, and like a ghost department. And it was, it was kind of weird. Dan Aykroyd sometimes has some weird ideas. So Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman came in, Ivan Reitman directed, and they they rewrote it together. Uh, they went to Martha's Vineyard for three weeks and rewrote it and came up with this script, uh, which is great. Uh, a script, which by the way, Bill Murray then threw out all his lines and he pretty much ad-libbed everything. Right.
1: Yeah, I kind of think that they would just have like, okay, Bill talks about flirting with Dana uh, yeah. for 20 minutes for 20 minutes. Go.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, and they just keep the best the best part. I mean, yeah. it, why, it, why bother writing well, in lines?
2: Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I just, I was just thinking Don was checking this because I was pretty sure, you know, the age of a lot of these guys like Harold Ramis was a little older. So he was, you know, pushing 40 when they made it, but you know, most of the other guys were, you know, early 30s or so or about my age. I'm I'm 36 now, so they're a little younger yeah. than me, but then Uh, two things that are funny about this first of all eddie murphy was only like 22 you Mm -hmm. know at that time and he's just this megastar and was already that famous being so young um and then you know just thinking about this so i I was born in 1984 and um so my my connection to this is always it's just like the world i was born into i asked my mom before we came on i said tell me there's a funny story about the first time i saw it i said because i know i grew up with it and you know and for those who I don't know if anyone's going to see this or not, I thought you guys would appreciate this. I actually have these on my shelf behind me. Usually. You have
0: a Stay Puff Marshmallow so Man figure.
2: We've got, this is you know, the, the Venkman from the cartoon show. But this I just <laughs> yeah. didn't even notice this turn I don't know if you can see on the foot there. So this is actually 1984. Columbia Pictures <laughs> on this thing. Wow. And I was dying. So I was like, yeah, I got to get that out. But uh, she did say that um, my parents were in the army when I was born uh, in Germany and so it came out in June 1984, and I said, "You know, so what was going on?" She said, "We saw it on post, uh, and I just held you, and you fell asleep." <laughs> so, so apparently, me and Ghostbusters go all the way back. So, uh, wow, that's oh, just wow. a fun origin for me. <laughs>
0: well, one of the things I read about this movie was that they were they were a little surprised at how many kids saw it because it was a little a little scary. Like some of the yeah. things were a little intense. There was some there's some off color humor in this. There's some adult yes. humor in this, which I. I tend to forget that because I was I was uh, in high school at, at that yeah. at the time It's came out because I'm older than you and uh, there there I tend tend to forget back back in the 80s movies could get a little bit suggestive, uh, which yeah. is kind of interesting that like today we think oh movies are so horrible but they could still be a little the 80s movies especially were 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 kind of
2: well because this this was pre. PG thirteen existence, right? With the whole Temple of Doom thing, uh, <laughs> I it, seem to remember, or, or was it Red
0: right Dawn? Around, or some...
2: yeah, right around, yeah, right
0: around there, yeah.
1: Well, this um, was rated PG, and I don't think right, it would
0: have yeah. got away with that. No, uh, yeah, PG
1: thirteen, yeah, definitely. Um,
0: it, it was. I mean, there's a couple of things, frankly, mostly sexual jokes in it that right. that really kind of like uh, the what was it uh, Ray's dream sequence, which was totally. Yeah out of left field and like this (laughs) yeah well so there's a let me let me tell the story now i suppose since we're talking about it they filmed a whole bunch more stuff as they always do and there was this whole scene where ray and egon went to this uh old fortress and to, to ghost hunting this colonial fort or something like that and uh ray is wearing this general's uh coat that he found somewhere and then they go to sleep and he wakes up to the ghost floating over him. So they turned that into a dream that he had right. because apparently they thought it was so funny. It was right. you know, even it's though it's like, wicked juvenile. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's they, so they include they kept it in the movie. But um, it's not really appropriate for kids. Really? Well, even like the, little in
2: the beginning, kids. like with with, you know, Peter doing this, his ridiculous. And I, I love the scene, but like his ridiculous study. Um, yes. And it's funny because my, my wife, you know, my wife has her Ph.D. from uh, Penn State. And so I um, just kind of being within that world to some degree, as she was getting her Ph.D. and just, you know, seeing how studies work and grants and stuff. And it was right. so funny just to see this where like like his his study is just so stupid. And then like right. you know he's clearly hitting on this student. And I'm just like, man, you could not make that today.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Well, let's talk about you know? it. Like, so not, as- not to mention you would <laughs> never have the bad guy be from the epa uh, right. that would be blade <laughs> and in today's climate he would have to be the, the he's hero. he's the hero of the film. Yeah.
0: he's the hero uh actually we'll, we'll get actually i do i i want to get into the movie itself but a couple other yeah. things i want to say before it uh i want to talk a little about the music this is a, a movie that had a lot of like a, a soundtrack of pop songs there's a lot of pop songs in it that we recognize but the theme song is the most recognizable by ray parker ray parker jr um and apparently not just apparently. The, they were sued by Huey Lewis. They had approached right. Huey Lewis to do the theme song, but he'd already done Back to the Future and didn't want to get typecast, like it. You know what I mean? But he didn't want to be, right. but get pigeonholed as the movie song guy, and so he he didn't want to do it. So Ray Parker came in and he said that Ray Parker um made the song. It sounded too much like a, I Want a New Drug, right? Uh, i don't know i think the more i listen if i
2: compare them or listen to them back to back it's like yeah
0: there's a little <laughs> similarity yeah uh I, i'd say inspired by maybe you know there's only yeah. so, there's only so many ways you could do it. Uh, right. uh, although ray, ray parker said he came up with the idea for um who you gonna call he was watching like late night saw an infomercial reminded him of the commercial from the movie and threw that into who you gonna call ghostbusters you know like this mm-hmm. that whole that whole line and just it all grew out of that i mean the, the yeah. song itself was a phenomenon it was huge oh yeah
1: oh yeah i remember loving it before i ever saw the film
0: yep, yep. and and the the music video because of course this was the era of mtv which was <laughs> a music video channel back in the 80s whatever it is now <laughs> but at, back then it was a music video channel uh and so the and it was a star-studded music video i mean it had everybody in it people that weren't even in the movie chevy chase was in it you know i mean it was just wild so there's the the theme song, and then I do want to mention just as as an overall, we mentioned how Bill Murray ad libbed everything. This is one of the most quotable movies. Like there are so many lines that people still say today. Like I I still say, you yeah, know, well, you don't see that every day. You know that that one, <laughs> which is a great line. It's <laughs> all purpose, and this chick is toast. <laughs>
2: you know? Well I even even sometimes when I when I you know pull something off that was just you know difficult or even like some menial task or whatever yeah. and I know I know Bill Murray didn't make it up per se I mean it's it, it's referencing drinking Miller beer you know yes. who doesn't pay for this podcast by the way or anything I'm just throwing no, this in there yeah. you know, but but I, Although you know, I, I still consider it. I'll still sometimes just high five someone and be like you know it's Miller time it's Miller time <laughs> like it's, that's right. but like that's why I'm quoting it you know and or they know that know. it's it's so like it's just a riot
0: Okay, my girlfriend is a dog. <laughs> I mean, just there's lines all over the place. Yeah, you know, I tried to think of the most innocent thing possible. You know, just the, the oh, whole I, just, movie. I even
2: love at the beginning when they're like just distraught and they're like, you know, like swigging whatever they're drinking, like at With Columbia. Randy I think it is yeah. I love how I love how uh, Dan Aykroyd delivers that line about like you know, uh, you know, like all the great stuff the university gave them. They didn't have to produce anything. And he's like, you've never worked in the private sector. He's like, they expect results. They
0: expect results. Oh, my gosh. That's a I mean, such great lines. And I mean, this is a, a hallmark of of Bill Murray movies, isn't it? Like between this nope. and Caddyshack. And mm-hmm. as we talked about recently, we talked about uh, Groundhog Day. They just all for some reason, the, his movies all just have these memorable lines that you want to repeat with your buddies over and over again. Uh, so it, it's a lot of fun. Well,
2: and the, and the chemistry with them, because him and Harold Ramis from Stripes, you know, and Dan Aykroyd from SNL yes. and just, you know, they uh, and then, you know, Rick Moranis from SCTV, like you had that overlap with uh, SCTV and SNL. And it just was was yes. great.
0: Yeah, there was such there was there is such great chemistry among the, these guys. It works out so well through this. I mean, that's one of the things that makes this movie such a classic. So as we go, we should probably talk a little bit about yeah, the serious topic of what is the what the church teaches about about ghosts and hauntings. Uh, and to, for a, an in-depth uh, treatment of this, actually, uh, I would recommend Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, another podcast on this network, at sqpn.com slash mysterious, episode number one, where Jimmy and I talked about ghosts and what it means. And, and the fact is, the church doesn't have one particular thing to say about ghosts, but it also, as some people kind of assume that any ghostly activity must immediately be demonic but that's not necessarily true either. In fact, there are ghosts in the Bible. There's the, uh, the uh, what was it when Saul consults the witch of Endor, not not the wicked the, uh, uh, the with the tiny <laughs> I always furry think of the creatures. other Ewoks present. Yeah, not Ewoks. <laughs> uh, Endor is an actual place in the Bible. But he consults the witch of Endor and they do some necromancy and they talk to like the to ghosts. So mm-hmm. so it it's not as so. What does the church teach? Well, the the, the church doesn't have a definitive statement. But there's things to say about it. I, I don't want to get too de- uh, there. There'll be a huge tangent to to talk about it. But um, we could we could bring it up as we go along if it, if it's relevant. But um, I, I definitely want to recommend that you check out if you if you want to learn more to check out that episode of Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, episode number one. First thing we talked about.
1: I did appreciate when they uh, did bring up the Bible in their little car ride. Yes. Um, oh yeah. When, yeah. Uh, yeah. When when Ray and um. Oh, Winston. Uh, Winston, Winston. Winston Winston, yeah. Winston were talking. And Winston was like really trying to like, you know, you ever read the Bible and this and and they they misquoted it, uh, uh the, the Revelation chapter, seven Revelation mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um of course Ray, you know, goes into his scientific well, you know, many uh religions have a myth about this, and he goes and, and he kind of scolds him. Right, mm-hmm. like, you know, well, I'm not talking about myth. I mean, did you ever think that this might be happening because we're at the we're at the end time? You know, well, so he he kinda uh, he brought a little bit of, uh, you know, what, you know, what, when all the, when people rise from the dead, what that will mean. Um, there was a little bit of that in there.
0: I found it very interesting It, it since we're talking about it, that as, you know, Ray pretty much believes anything of having to do with the paranormal. He'll believe in ghosts. He believes, I mean, every, every crazy thing that comes up, he believes it. But when it comes to, to God, faith, religion, he's you could he's clearly skeptical and that, mm-hmm. I, I find that kind of ironic given that you know uh what is the famous uh um it's a chesterton of bullock who says um an educated man is isn't one who who believes in nothing it's one who uh, no i'm Don't sorry
2: believe anything or something like that or an
0: open mind isn't someone who will oh i gotta find the 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 the, the quote but uh yeah it's about you know it's not that you it's you don't believe in nothing, it's it's you believe in anything. The the foolish right. man, you know, and and it's sort of that the thing is is like, you know, you you've closed your mind to to this possibility, but you mm-hmm. you're open to every other one. And why? So why are you closest? Because you because you ha, you have a bias against it, perhaps.
2: When, and I don't, I don't pretend to know, you know, uh, the state of Dan Aykroyd's soul or anything like that. That's not right. my my business. But, but it was interesting that they they went into. Uh, I'm I'm sure you guys have probably seen, or most of our listeners listening to this have probably at least, uh, or might be aware of that uh, awesome Netflix um, one hour episode on that movies that made us um, series that they did that went into a lot of the the background with this. And they were talking in there about how I never knew this. I I knew some of the stuff you guys mentioned earlier about his, you know, first draft and his interest in the paranormal. I know he doesn't have that crystal skull, like vodka that he makes, I think, too. Uh-huh. It's like something that he's he's, you know, into that. So um, but I didn't realize, I guess his whole family, like generations back to like the late 19th century, like big occultists and like his grandfather had seances in the barn and like there's all and his dad wrote some book about the paranormal. So this is like this. He sees it as like this family legacy thing, huh. which, of course, that kind of stuff you know we would you know the church would have a lot to say about like meddling and occultism and all that but i find it just incredible that like you know none of them or himself included growing up ever would have imagined that you know now what he says looking back on it it's like it kind of all of that culminated in this movie in a way which had its its own you know kind of standalone cultural impact right um which is kind of just interesting you know that you don't have to you know be drawn into the the um you know, the dark stuff or anything like that to just really enjoy this, you know, just as it is, which is pretty yes. cool.
0: Yeah, it don't. Ha- it's not an occult movie that you draw into. Right. The cult.
1: I found the quote, from right? It's a Chesterton quote. Oh, OK. Uh, when a man stops believing in God, he doesn't believe in nothing. He believes anything.
0: That's right. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> yep. I'm not, I'm no yep. Chesterton. Let's just, you know.
1: <laughs> so let's
0: talk about the movie, about the, what happens in the movie itself. Uh, they, the, we start at the New York Public Library where a librarian is, uh, she encounters something. We don't see what it is at first. And they do this, this n- not showing us this, like these weird things that happen, uh, books that she's in the, in the the stacks, like in the basement. So let me tell you, I used to. When I was in high school, I worked in the town public library. And we didn't have, it was not the New York public library. It was a small, you know, small suburban library. And even that had areas that were dark and quiet and deserted and wicked creepy. <laughs> so I can imagine that the New York public library has even more of those. So I, I could sympathize. In fact, I probably saw this movie while I was still had that job, which means I probably stopped going to those parts of the library yeah. to put books away. <laughs> I don't know if those books ever got <laughs> found again. So, uh so anyway, as the she has the thing with the uh the card catalog that's I don't know if you kids remember that, but uh, the card catalog slides <laughs> out and the cards start flying out of the thing uh out of the catalog into the air, which was a great effect. I was trying to figure out how they did that and I read that what they do is so they are basically index cards and mm-hmm. they had a, a a copper pipe with perforations in it. Right uh down inside it. And so they slid the draw out and then they blew air into it. And so it 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 progressively blew the cards, like the last card, into the air. So it was almost like a shooting a deck of cards in the air.
2: Yeah. Uh so that was fun. A fun practical effect. Yeah. I yes, think they yes, used yes. wires for the books, but then they kind of, you know you know, you couldn't see see them or whatever. Just they said right. some those are some old effects, but they're they're really Well they, they hold up. <laughs> the classics. I mean yeah, now they would just yeah.
0: CG it all and Mm-hmm. and you you know and you could and you I don't know you it might be so good that you wouldn't be able to tell but I just like the idea that this was before you could cg it and it looked good mm-hmm. cuz Cause, mm-hmm. cause frankly the cg later on is not going to look good but that's okay right. it's an old movie <laughs> uh then uh, we have we, we, we the, the poor librarian is scared then we switch to the center for paranormal studies at unnamed university which is columbia university frankly that's where they filmed it all uh, Columbia allowed them to film it there on the condition that they not use the name or show the name anywhere. In yeah, interestingly
2: them. enough, I just I made mean, it's not actually a connection, but funny enough, Columbia Pictures. So
0: yeah, yeah, well, maybe, uh, there's maybe. Some, there is some yeah.
2: mention in there in a way.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so Peter Van Bill Murray, he's uh, he's doing this study, which is reminiscent of an of an actual study where he these cards. They it's 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 actually it's got a matchup of two studies. There's one study where. You hold up, a, they held up a card and the person needs, is trying to, you know, only the, the researcher can see what's on the back of it. And the, the subject tries to guess what it is. And it's a matter, it's like trying to figure out if it's telepathic. Um, it's usually one person, not two. And, but the zapping them for getting it wrong is based on an entirely different study where they, they, uh, they tried to see how um they would put a, a student and, a, and a, subject. And the subject was actually in on it, but the student wasn't. And so, But the, the person who was in on it, the subject, would pretend to be zapped by progressively more powerful electric zaps because the student was following orders of an authority to zap it. And even though the person was, oh, no, stop, the authority figure would, no, just keep going. It's all right. Just keep going. And it was a study to see how much people would obey an authority figure in the face of mounting evidence that they're doing harm. I don't think that would be allowed today. That's probably unethical. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so in this case, Venkman's on the make for the pretty girl and abusing is completely unethical behavior and uh, doesn't obviously doesn't care about his research. And so the kid who's who he's zapping, even when he gets it right, he zaps him (laughs) and the girl gets everything wrong. And that's all. He only has eyes for her. So it's just a, a funny scene, which really sets up the character as sort of this guy who he's a psych he's a psychol- He has a degree in psychology and parapsychology but doesn't really care he's just he obviously got his degrees because he didn't want to leave school and get a job so you know he's just doing what he can to to keep going even though he doesn't really care or believe in anything uh and that really sets the character up there but uh we have the other two uh, ray and egon they're obviously very serious about their research into the paranormal and uh it's interesting if you guys think about it, think about it are, are these guys the the prototypes for
2: all modern ghost hunters like like ghost hunter reality shows I I think it seems like it or I mean there there oftentimes seems to be some reference to it you know made along the way
1: <laughs> I I don't know that they ever had any ghost hunter I mean those are more recent right you never had right. anything because they seem to be spoofing exactly what we see in those yeah. shows um uh, when I, when I've seen bits and pieces of them, I mean, they're sitting there and they've got a flashlight in their face or something and they got some sort of equipment that does, I don't know what records right. things or whatever. Yes. And like, they'll hear uh, like a creaky noise or whatever. And they like, okay, what's that? You know, how do we get all excited? Yeah. And that's exactly what Ray and Egon are doing. I mean, you know, I mean, then of course they actually see slime <laughs> and stuff and it just, right. whoa, collect some of that for me, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, is I think before this, like, you ghost, ghost hunters were like, psychics you know they'd walk mm. in a room and like i feel this and that and the other thing but like the the scientific technical engineering types with weird equipment to that like repurposed stuff that is like you know for sniffing out propane links that they've repurposed as ectoplasm sniffers and <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> yeah. that i think starts with ghostbusters i i, it, I i'd like to you know someone to, to prove me wrong if there was something before that but i think it starts with ghostbusters any, anyway, they go to the they they get called to the to the uh, public library. There, there's a haunting as they're coming in. Uh, like Ray said, I like this line from Ray. He says to to Peter, he says, "You forget, I was witness to an undersea unexplained mass sponge migration."
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> that's he's, he's like
0: that's evidence of the paranormal. Ray.
1: He's like the
2: sponge has migrated a foot and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you weren't there. You didn't see it. Was this when he said, "This is like when uh, you tried to drill a hole in your yeah. head"? Yes. That would have worked if you didn't stop me.
0: Another ad lib line, by the way, by, yeah, uh, by yeah, Harold yeah. Ramis. An line by, by Harold Ramis. So Harold Ramis made a decision with this character to never smile at all during the movie. He never smiles. How hard must that have been? Oh my gosh! That is <laughs> it's so great so they they're interviewing this elderly librarian and he uh he asked her if there's a history of mental inco- uh, incompetence in her family and she says her uncle thought he was saint jerome <laughs> who by the way
2: is a patron saint of librarians so that comes up. <laughs> oh uh, um, god it's just little bill Murray's like i'd call that a big yes, <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yes. like first question and then oh, um my gosh.
0: well that's another part of this movie that i like is this this uh Ray and Egon are constantly making reference to these obscure events, like the 1947 mass turbulence in Philadelphia, the like all these these paranormal events that for them are real big deal stuff. And I I wonder how much of the, how many of these things are real. Like can, well, he mentions Tunguska later, that's a real mm-hmm. thing. That you know, and uh, that's another episode of Jimmy Egan's Mysterious World. But uh, <laughs> I should have I should have had Jimmy join us because that would have been funny. He could have told us which rooms are real or not, but. Uh, but as, it, as they go through it, it kind of lends this air of, of a subject that, that is real that you don't know. You know. It gives this depth and authenticity to it that, that's a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: I was reading, like I, I can tell that you have too, the, some of the stuff on IMBD. And, yeah. and there was one person who, like in goofs, corrected the date for that. Whatever it was that you Oh, to really? It. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> I figured you were making all of it up. I mean, I didn't think any of it was true. They just like, oh, some sort of thing that happened in 1842, you know? <laughs> right,
2: right, Well, I think I, I think I looked years ago that like Tobin Spirit Guide or like, so, I think some of those things are real, yeah. if I remember correctly, but yeah. Yeah, that
1: sounds familiar, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of funny that yeah. they, they actually used some real things. That's uh, funny. And, and when they were, were doing that.
0: So at through the course of their their progress through the under the, you know, the, the basement, of the library, Peter Venkman slowly starts to be, become worried and then he becomes a believer. Like he sees the stuff, you know, I mean, there's the symmetrical book stacking, which is like, yeah, no, no human would ever do that. But, <laughs> but, uh, which is, a was a whole funny thing, but, but the the ectoplasm that, that Egon asks him to collect and he gets it all over himself, which is, is another funny thing. But then they they see stuff happening like the bookcase falling is the first thing and yeah. then they see the ghost yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they see the ghost and then it's like he tries to talk to her and she says shush and then so Ray's big, big big brainstorm is get her <laughs> and then we get that scary reveal like again when i was a kid i was a teenager so i didn't I, I i didn't want i pretended not to be scared but i jumped in my seat i think when i saw that first time <laughs> so, yeah
1: that, that, that whole beginning especially with the librarian was you know with the music and just following her around the only reason when i was re-watching it like i know that lady is uh, a character actor in comedy movies so yeah it ruins it ruins the scariness a little bit but she's kind of creepy looking in a way. So as she's going through those stacks and things start moving around and she right. doesn't see it. And then the the cars start flipping out. And that's that's kind of scary. Uh, you know, the, the beginning uh, up until they start playing the Ghostbusters theme. You're <laughs> like, I don't know if I like this movie. I thought it was going to be funny and it's scaring me.
2: <laughs> well, it, it was um, with I, I'm trying to think I wrote her name down. Uh, Alice Drummond. Yes. Uh, because I I recognized her from uh, uh after this uh Funny Farm with Chevy Chase which is a hilarious yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then yeah. You know, she's the anti um the antique uh, store, you know, lady and then uh, she was Ray Finkel's mom in Ace Ventura.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, See, wow. I know
2: I right so, <laughs> like she pops up There's just this like, you know, matronly kind of like old lady like mild manner, you know, and like hey, let's terrify her with a ghost. You know, <laughs> but I my favorite thing from that whole scene is always like you know, What do we do, and like the whole thing, like all the science and everything, and then like just yeah. look at Peter, Peter, like the one who's been the least interested in this. And now the two guys who have been all like driving everything are both like, Well, we never really thought this far through, <laughs> we never thought that we'd you know?
0: actually hit, get, get and he this just,
2: far. And he's like talking to me, asking, Okay, what are we going to do? And then, like, you know, Egon instantly starts going for the calculator. And I just I, every time I see it, he just knocks he's it flat. as hard as he can, Stop his hand. like, Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> So, I do not know how Harold Ramis kept it together for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, if yeah. he knocks that thing out of his hand. It's it's great.
0: So they, you know, so that ends badly for them and they but when they get back to the university, they're on a breakthrough. They've discovered real ghosts. You know, they're on the verge of capturing ghosts and the is shutting them down, throwing them out, and now they have to earn a living. Uh and so they come up with this idea of uh, you know, starting a ghost-busting business because they 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 uh, Ray and Egon have developed a ghost trap system. And so they have to start the business and it's very expensive. So they end up mortgaging Ray's family home at 19%
2: interest. Like everybody has three mortgages these yes.
0: days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 19, like it's what, uh, three and a half right now? the first now? five years, you're going to like $20,000 or something
1: like that. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> So they end up getting the firehouse, the uh, the old abandoned firehouse, which they're trying to haggle with the real estate agent until Ray ruins it by, you know, sliding down the fire pole. <laughs> we have to have this. Let's sleep here tonight, you <laughs> know, th- 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 which is great. Uh,
2: and then uh, And and Dom, um, can I just just one, yeah. one real story real quick if I could throw it with the firehouse cuz um um you know, like when I was a kid, you know, um and this came to video and everything. So like I was, you know, 5 or 6, you know, and I I had seen it and uh actually remembered at that time, but my dad used to have to go occasionally to uh, New York to do some, you know, some just, you know, banking stuff. Oh, yeah. And I remember um, I was only like five, maybe I was I was real small. And I remember him like waking me up and it's like really early and I don't know what's going on. And he like puts me in the truck and my uncle worked with him. So they loaded up together and I'm just like, what's going on? I fell asleep. And all of a sudden he's he's jostling me to wake up and I like, look, and I'm, you know, bleary eyed and I look out the front of the car and I see the World Trade Center. Uh-huh. And I'm just like blown away because I can't believe he has the picture of it at the time. Yeah. And um, and so, like, you know, they took me with them that day. We went and saw the eighth hook and ladder, you know, like the fire hall and yep. the firefighters there let me like slide down the pole and, stuff. Oh, wow. and you know, So it was just a really fun, you know, for a kid who loved Ghostbusters. That was like this magical trip being able to actually to go to, go to New York for the first highs. time. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. That's cool. So it's at this point where we uh, we get introduced to Dana Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, She lives in creepy gargoyle building on Central Park West, uh, the, which the the six 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 Central Park West, I think it is. Or so. Actually, I don't think that's the address, but it would be funny. It's actually a beautiful Art Deco building inside. I mean, it's I actually I was kind of impressed. Like, what? Wow, this is actually a really which nice. Is what Egon place. says? When yeah. get there. Oh, oh that's Deco right. Nice. Yeah. I know it's kind of funny. I, I thought that to myself at the beginning of the movie. Then he says it later. Uh, And then she's got uh, her neighbor, Louis Tully, uh, creepy, creepily played by Rick Moranis. He's totally like into her. And he's got that weird, like, what's that like mousy kind of voice he does? I mean, it's
1: just so great. Oh, it's so, yeah. It's just so him. It's so unique. I I wouldn't even attempt to try to do it.
0: I know. So (laughs) I'm having a a party.
1: He ends up being the key master and he gets locked out of his uh, apartment three different times.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's the great irony is he's the key master and he keeps locking himself out of his apartment. <laughs> I mean, it's just perfect. Um, so Data is a cellist who lives in a penthouse corner apartment on Central Park West. I don't know if she's independently wealthy or she's one of the, the friends from NBC's Friends or something, because people in New York apparently live in these vast places that nobody can afford. Uh, so and as she comes home, she sees a, a Ghostbusters ad on TV uh, and uh, the the. All right. Deep dive uh, here. Apparently, I don't know how true this is. The phone number for the Ghostbusters is 555-2368. It is the sum of 888 and four, 1480, 1480, which supposedly in Greek numerology denotes Jesus Christ. Oh. I, I, I don't I know. Heard that. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I came across this nugget on the internet as I was doing my research and I'm like, I'm not sure, <laughs> but... I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that out
2: there anyway. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> and a, a, another thing, when they were, I don't know if it was for the re-release or just a, as the summer went on, yeah, um, they they put the number out there as a real number in their ads, and oh, it was right. recording of Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray being like, "We're out catching ghosts," but you know, and see the yes. movie or something, and yes. it got thousands of calls.
0: Right, right. Twenty-four-seven, like the thousands yeah. of calls. Yeah, uh, it was an eight-hundred number that they put on the TV ad. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so funny. So uh, Dana, she went, she's bringing the groceries home. She's taking the groceries out of her bag in the kitchen. She's got Stay puff marshmallows. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, And uh, she, her eggs, the eggs that a carton start spontaneously exploding. I think it was because the microwave was right there and they had those old, awful microwaves. (laughs) But uh, maybe. Anyway, she opens the fridge, sees another plane of existence as you do. And the devil dog that says Zool. And so she closes the door. Actually, I've I've had I've done that. I've opened the fridge, seen some really old leftovers that spoke to me, and closed the door again. But uh, that's that's just my fridge. Anyway, Ray Ray ends up buying the Ghostbuster Ghostbuster Mobile, the Ecto One, which is the the great one of the great all time movie vehicles. Let me just put it that right there. The siren alone
1: is awesome.
0: Oh yes, yes oh, yeah. I love that siren it's a broken down old ambulance that needs everything fixed. And he paid 4,800 bucks for it, which is an enormous sum in, in 1984 dollars.
1: That's just. Doesn't complete. it look more like a hearse? Uh, it's it, got curtains in the and the side when he first buys it. Yeah, I, I think, but, think so. But why would yeah. a hearse have a, a siren?
0: Yeah, no, I think I it was know. an ambulance. I think it was. <laughs> I uh, think so. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a hearse. Yeah, they had it. You yeah, know, they they had the ambulance because they want people peeking at the patients, maybe. But uh, but one of the things it emphasizes is how they're so completely impractical. They're like they're they're academics. They've never had real jobs or had to deal with real money, so they just don't like Ray and Egon. Just don't know what they're doing in the real world. So they have their secretary Janine, who again played awesomely by Annie Potts. Like she's so acerbic. But she loves Egon. She's good. <laughs> it's just so great. Do you, do you have any hobbies? I collect mold spores and fungus. I just love
1: that. Love that, do you, that what do you like to read? Print is dead. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yes,
0: I think print is dead. <laughs> so Egon um. and, uh, and Ray. Uh, so Dana shows up because she's got the this whatever in her fridge, and so. Uh, She's being interviewed by Egon and Ray. They think her experience, like, like oh, maybe past lives, race, con- race consciousness, clairvoyance, or telepathy. Um, and she says, "Oh, I don't believe in any of those things." Okay, if you don't believe in any of those things, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why are you here then?
1: Um, and where have you been sleeping for two days? Because she says she hasn't back to her apartment in two days. Yes, and I'm yeah. thinking, where have you been?
0: Hey. Yeah. She's been hanging out with yeah. Lewis. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah,
0: I guess so. <laughs> uh, and so Venkman immediately. You know, again, because he gets the hots for Dana. And so he goes through the apartment. He acts all macho and tough while trying to impress her. And he's got that funny one thing, which, as as I said before, it's an actual tool that is used to sniff for propane leaks like gas
2: leaks. I think they said they just let him pick. Like they had a couple things out and that's the one he picked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Which is which is great. Uh, And it's
1: technical uh, stuff.
0: Yeah, it's that. (laughs) And then (laughs) by, by the end, like she's ready to throw him up because he's so obnoxious and he confesses his love for her which you yeah, know. And,
2: and before that time even even the way that like you know she's like are you sure you're using that thing correctly and like you can see his 1st split second, he's like i i, I think so you know it's <laughs> yeah. not, not even sure if he's not been that. using it the right way <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so she she he you know looks in the fridge and of course it's nothing wrong with it and so uh she she tosses him out basically meanwhile they get their first real call for a ghost and and in and, uh, and uh was it Janine? tell assures the hotel manager of course they'll be discreet and then they show up in the <laughs> ectomobile with the siren ringing and everything uh so they're at the cedric motel the hotel which is uh, a hotel in los angeles uh that is in every
2: movie and tv show by the way and you feel so bad for the manager the whole yeah. way through
0: yes you just like they're <laughs> destroying this old hotel but uh, if, I gotta if mention, you ever worked
1: in any sort of food service you're like oh my god that's terrible
0: <laughs> they get in the elevator to go up to the 12th floor because that's where the disturbance is and they're in there and they get the packs on and uh what is it uh what <laughs> peter i think ray says why worry each of us is wearing an unlicensed oh my- nuclear accelerator on his back <laughs> and then Ray, Ray says switch me on and it goes and it like thumps on and he has this uh, ominous hum and Egon and <laughs> Peter shuffle to the other edge of the, like if it's it's a nuke <laughs> on his back if it goes off <laughs> there's nothing to help you
2: <laughs> but it just, every everything Bill Murray says in that movie you know like when when he's like yeah, we didn't you know, we didn't have time to you know field test this equipment and he's you know Egon's like I blame myself and you know he's just like so do I
0: <laughs> so, <exactly. laughs> another
2: ad lib so good yeah,
0: so yeah. so Ray sees the ghost first and it's Slimer. And he, well, of course he doesn't have a name in this movie. And we we know he's Slimer, but from the great 1986 Ghostbusters animated the show, show. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, animated the, show, the real the, Ghostbusters
2: that was one. called. another one.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he was, uh, he was called Slimer. He was their mascot by that. And he was called Slimer. Anyway, Ray sees Slimer and he, and he runs through a wall first and attacks Peter who and the great line he slimed me <laughs> i feel so funky <laughs>
1: so good <laughs> he goes, great race save some for me <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> and then they catch up to him in the ballroom after causing extensive damage on the 12th floor and this is what of course we get the really one of the really classic lines egon says something very important i forgot to tell you don't cross the streams It would be bad. Every molecule in your body would explode, and then and then Peter says, "Okay, important safety tip." Which, of course, I have used that line so often in my life. Uh, Someone says like something dire could possibly happen, so you gotta be careful. And I'll just say, "Important safety tip, everyone, (laughs) give attention." (laughs) It's it's so good. So they catch him in the trap. They take him out. Uh, There's a great scene of them uh, with the with the the uh, hotel manager get you know how much the bill is going to be and he's like i'm not paying for any of that and he says okay well we'll just put this back where we found it and they like oh no 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 i'll pay and so they they take him out and uh, then we get the montage every 80s movie has a montage and uh, the musical montage <laughs> and so we get the musical montage where suddenly they're very busy catching ghosts all over new york everyone knows who they are they're on usa today magazine covers and then we get uh, uh cameos from larry king his first movie appearance and Casey Kasem with uh, the uh, countdown the long distance dedication the Casey Kasem top 100 countdown look it up folks you'll you know for the young folks go check it out look it up in wikipedia well, and, and they
2: they said that they filmed that um a lot of those those shots of them on the streets in new york which you know the the crowds everywhere they went like people were interested and excited because of you know the actors you know their their fame right from yeah. the, from the from being And on SNL and all those kinds of things. And then uh, apparently I just read this, that they did a lot of those shots of them running around like that. And with the ectomobile and everything in, I think just like a day or two. Yeah. And they mostly didn't have filming permits. (laughs) So they said there's, there's one or two you can actually see. And I think I saw it today. I was doing a rewatch or at least some of it earlier. And they said there's, like, somewhere you can actually see, like, real security guards, like, kind of chasing, chasing them? them, like, out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a riot. You know, they've got, like, the smoking ghost traps and, like, you know, the yep. security guard doesn't know what that is. It's so funny. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine doing that in today's climate? Oh, no, nothing. Like, oh it's just movie. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's a smoking is yeah. It's be a sorry. smoking
0: device with red lights <laughs> blinking. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This is a fake oh, proton man. pack on my back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a fake <laughs> nuclear reactor. Uh, so uh, this is a point where Winston comes in. Winston's looking for a job. They ne- they're they're knackered. They're all you know run ragged. The they're, they're so busy. So Winston comes, gets hired on the spot with basically no qualifications requested. And finally, Peter gets back to Dana about her case and uh, tells her that uh, the information about Zul, Zul was worshipped 6,000 BC by Hittites, Mesopotamians and Sumerians. And he was a minion of Gozer. So it apparently Gozer was a na- in reality is a name related to a, ha- a documented haunting in England. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the name Gozer appeared mysteriously written on walls throughout the house Yikes. at one point. So uh, I'm guessing that was also Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> influence, his knowledge of the, uh, of the supernatural and the cult. And uh, this is where Walter Peck also shows up, the guy from the EPA, uh, again, played brilliantly by William Atherton. And uh, he demands to see the storage facility. There's this great repartee with Peter Venkman, uh, you know, where he's, he's demanding and Venkman's just is pulling his chain the whole time and. And basically tells him no. You get a court order bef- you know, before I show you. And uh, and we get well, this is also where we see that Ray demonstrates the trap system, the storage system to Winston. So this is uh, a very uh, you know some prefiguring here. So we're, we're this is going to be important later.
1: This is uh, one of those things, Bill Murray. You can almost tell when he's delivering lines that are in the script that he has to do. Yeah, and <laughs> he's not really good at acting at so those. Like, oh, this is a scripted <laughs> line because like at the end of the whole back and forth. Uh, with the EPA guy, it's it's funny. It's like no, and you well, didn't say the magic word. Yes. And then when he has to say, you know, well, you uh come back with a court order, and I'll sue your silly ass for wrongful prosecution. <laughs> yeah, and 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 he delivered it, and I'm like, that was just so forced. He just he just had to say it. He yes. had to try to be angry. Yeah, which is not his natural laid back way. The same thing he did later on when he came back to turn it off. He goes, "Don't you turn that off?" And it was just kind of like. Okay, that was weird because Bill Murray didn't like that wasn't a funny improvised line. Bill Murray is clearly have, a, yeah, yeah, clearly it wasn't into the, into that line at all.
0: <laughs> so this is also the point where Egon gives us that the great imagery of uh, the psychic activities ramping up in New York. Yeah, imagine this Twinkie represents the normal psychic activity. Now imagine a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing 600 tons. <laughs> so just, that's a, a, just a, that's a
2: big Twinkie. That's a
0: big Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then we have uh, Dana's, back to Dana's building, the uh, the gargoyles of the dogs on the roof, these scary dogs, uh, end up emerging the devil dogs, or what do they call them? Terror dogs, I think is what they technically call mm-hmm. them, emerge from the gargoyles amidst the big storm. Uh, and then that's when Dana comes home and she sits in the chair, and the arms come out of the chair. Another scary scene, by the way. This is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's like
1: think about it: sitting at home alone in your in your easy chair, going. That would be about the most terrifying thing that could possibly happen to me right now. Like something <laughs> yeah. comes out of the chair and grabs me. Yes. yes. A, and they
2: said that, you know, when Sigourney Weaver was interested, some of them were surprised because she was this big name and they thought of her as, you know, a dramatic, serious actress. roles and, you know, yeah. Ripley from Alien and all the stuff. So that's a real Ripley from Alien kind of scene. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it's like, this is not. Yeah.
1: I could have. I, maybe I didn't know him. But like when I looked from Alien to Ghostbusters five years, she didn't, wasn't in anything that was a hit as far as I know yeah so she she may have been kind of looking for something i think she was
0: looking to do comedy because she'd done comedy early in her career and she wanted to show her versatility which she did she did Um, uh so uh she gets sucked to the chair gets sucked into the kitchen where the devil dog is apparently and absorbs her we don't see that soft screen uh but we're at uh lewis's party where by the way all of that stuff rick moranis with all the stuff he says to everyone at the party that's all ad lib too he just like, uh, so try the salmon. It's you normally twenty seven ninety five. I got it for $13 because I'm uh, deducting it as an expense because I invited clients instead of friends. <laughs> he
1: actually pulls a guy aside and goes, yeah, I'm writing this whole thing up. That's why I invited clients instead of friends. Are you enjoying yourself? It's like, oh my. <laughs> so great you just, you just told I'm this guy her, not her a like friend. The,
2: you know like the the low like the um uh, non-brand name aspirin because you didn't get <laughs> yeah. this much for that much It's just like oh yeah you gosh. get six
1: and I then the couple comes it. in and you know uh, he has a i don't the know business and receivership
0: yeah and she, <laughs>
1: she's drawing from a, a two-year-old bonus in receivership and so they're doing okay hey who brought the dog, <laughs> yeah, who brought the dog? I,
2: just, a- I can't believe it like, and it, I mean, like with with, you know, Winston is really the every man in a lot of sense. And then like, yeah. but Rick Moranis is just that, like, everybody knows that guy, There is that guy,
0: <laughs> you know? that socially just... terrible, awkward guy <laughs> who thinks he's the center of the of the party. Uh, uh,
1: and and that was all one shot, which is really hard to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, that oh, yeah. Thing.
0: Yeah. One shot. <laughs> I love the fact that it's variously described as a dog a bear like he runs out he says who brought a bear to the party and then there's a bear loose in the building later on someone says it's like the cop says it's a cougar someone brought a cougar to a party Uh, so i just love the fact that here's this obvious like devil dog and everyone just sees something different at different points it's just so funny so it chases him out of the building and he runs into the park (laughs) like he just is running for his life and he gets to this restaurant this glass wall he's on the patio outside and he's banging on the window and people just kind of stop looking for a second and then go back to what they're doing because so very new york like so, so very <laughs> like new yorkers no, don't pay attention fine. yeah and uh he gets attacked but nobody nobody sees the dog he's the only one who sees the dog which is interesting so so peter shows up at dana's apartment and uh dana is now possessed and uh which is obvious because her hair is all frizzed out. She's wearing uh, dramatic makeup and she's got a shirt with the shoulder off well, one side. Yeah. So so obviously that means she's possessed. <laughs> I love the fact that they do that. And uh, she asked Peter if he's the key master. He says, no, she slams the door in his face. So he knocks again. Are you the key master? Yes. And, and so she says she's Zul, the gatekeeper, uh, preparing for the coming of Gozer, the destructor. Uh, meanwhile, Lewis is now Vin Clortho, the key master. Uh, <laughs> and he's picked up in Central Park and, and brought to the Ghostbusters. There's a couple of great moments where he talks to a horse and. Uh, some I made that him.
2: whole speech into a, well, between that and the, uh, the lines he delivers when he goes to the, when they take him in later. Yeah. I had it on a t-shirt at one point. Oh, like the whole, uh, yeah. it was just. <laughs> oh,
0: the whole lines <laughs> no. about all the different things. Yeah. Yeah. When, he, it,
1: when he's explaining to the Ghostbusters, they have him back in and yeah. he's like, Goes are the traveler. He will come in one of the pre-chosen forms during the reunification yep. of Vindu. The traveler came as a large moving trog. <laughs> then, during the third reconciliation of less. Hendrick, oh, the Tendrick, the supplicants, they chose a new form for him, that of a giant slore. Slore! says Zulaks it. And knew it to be roasted in the depths of slore. That day,
0: slur. I tell you. I tell that, you day, like, that day, no. I tell you. Oh my gosh, that is such the the, the, the depths of the slore. The, uh,
2: well, the The whole idea of like, like you know, a demonic entity having trouble working through him. Yes. Is just,
0: it's just, like, if all the, of all the forms that it has to take, it, it takes like this weird the, the little man regrets it (laughs) so uh so so uh egon and ray are oh actually at this point it's Egon and uh and uh what was it janine who are examining yeah uh, yeah. lewis and then ray and winston come back and then this is when walter peck shows up with the police and con edison the, the electric utility guy uh who Shut down the grid and release all the right. ghosts, and and I like this whole scene where like the the electric guy is like, I'm not touching that. I don't know what that is, <laughs> and and then Ray and Peter and and Egon kind of are inching their way out because they know something bad is going to happen, and uh, yeah, and Peck is telling the cop, you could shoot him if he, if he moves again. Right. Like, you don't tell me who to shoot. You
1: just do your job. You pencil well, neck. You do. Well, I love it.
2: I love it. and and just one one more thing, quick. When when they first drop off, I just remember this. I haven't yep. written it down, but when they drop off uh um when they drop off you know lewis like at the beginning of that scene and just like egon coming to the door and just looking at the cop like dropping off or picking up <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. just off. very like calm because <laughs> it could be either you know who and knows it, apparently it's
0: <laughs> happened enough where you have a, a a ritual now dropping off or picking uh, up uh so after everything goes wrong and the ghosts all come out of the system and are roaming through new york they're arrested by by uh, Peck and uh, taken off to jail. Uh, so then we have another montage of the ghost running amok while the key master is making his way to the gatekeeper. Uh, we have the, the, the uh, ghost driving the cab. There's a deleted... What was, the, was uh, there? was Something coming out of the subway. Slimer in the caught dog cart. So there's a whole bunch of uh, fun things there. In the jail, uh, Ray and Egon and Peter are all talking about how uh, Dana's building was designed and built as a huge antenna expressly for the purpose of pulling in and concentrating spiritual turbulence, whatever that is. And a cult <laughs> in the 1920s built a building to bring about the end of the world. Meanwhile, all of these cons, like all these guys in the jail with them are kind of edging around, looking over their shoulder. And Peter kind of like stops from like, you getting all that? Like <laughs> you guys get all that. Is it uh, clear for you?
1: I just, I love that, that moment. And then, and, and then uh, Winston is like, I, I, I need a different lawyer.
0: <laughs> so, kid, if you guys are gonna go in there and is say it, and, and tell them this: I need it. I just can't be with you guys. Way, yeah. yeah. Then the mayor of New York, who's got the, these ghosts running him up in his city, demands to have the Ghostbusters brought to him. Uh, the, so the mayor is clearly modeled on Ed Koch, who was the mayor of New York back in the '70s and '80s, one of the uh, towering figures of New York politics. I mean, everyone in you know on a national level knew who Ed Koch was. Anyway, he calls the Ghostbusters. Uh, I like the fact that the Cardinal Archbishop of New York shows up. Uh, and calls the mayor Lenny and and, the, and Lenny calls him Mike, you know, it's,
1: <laughs> and uh, they, they went to school together. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah
0: and, the, and the Cardinal says, officially the church is no f- official position, but personally, I think it's a sign from God, you know, and it's, it's, just, it's just, just as a Cardinal there, you know, because as you do, and then he just kind of sits on the side and uh, they talk about, you know, we're, we're looking at a disaster of biblical proportions, fire and brimstone coming down from the skies, Rivers and seas boiling, forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave, and then this is what I think when uh, uh, Peter jumps in, human sacrifices, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah. It's just this great scene where each of the characters is like on the mayor, but the mayor is convinced. Finally, when Peter tells him, "Look, if you let us do our thing, and and we screw up, then that it's on us, not you. We go back to jail. But if we succeed," You will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs>
1: and then they do a shot of the cardinal nodding his head like hey, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well,
2: and it's it's so funny because I just I love, uh, and I don't I don't have his name in front of me, I just, the, but yeah, that that the mayor is so funny. And then to have because yeah. of course you know they have him back in the sequel, which is for a whole yeah. other thing. But I I always loved it in, in that one like his his character just saying you know like being miserable and treating others like dirt is every New Yorker's gun given right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Right.
0: And uh, and of course, uh, Peck here is a is beside himself. Like he thinks, you know, he, he's convinced that the Ghostbusters are responsible. for This it's some kind of, uh, it's a hoax. It's some kind of thing that they've done. It's a uh, some chemical waste whatever. And, uh, and we don't have to repeat the joke, but there's a famous joke at this point that uh, <laughs> that gets laid on him that every twelve year old boy loved to repeat uh, <laughs> uh, ad nauseum. And frankly, I was one of them uh, back in the time. <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> so um, so then we we have uh, the people gather around the building where all this stuff is happening. Scenes of people uh, carrying signs that say the end is near. Like, where did they get these signs? Are they, are they, do they, they keep them in a closet or something? You know, signs <laughs> like the end, the end of the world. Oh, it's time for the end of the world signs, everyone. Uh, but we have... Uh, images of priests blessing the people like in in a row, like four priests all standing there all right. doing the blessing <laughs> over and a, over yeah. again.
1: Synchronized blessings.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Hasidic Jews
0: praying. I don't
2: know if it's, it's you know, like a uh, general absolution or something, <laughs> yeah. but they're right there cheering Ghostbusters with the crowd. Yes,
0: so. it, like, and the Hasidic <laughs> Jews are cheering them too. Yes. Uh, they show up, they're escorted by the National Guard to the building, you know, in the Ectomobile, and they show up and they're in front of the building and it's, it's like a parade. They're greeting the crowds and high-fiving people. And then there's an earthquake, and the and the the ground heaves, and they fall in. And you're like, oh no, mm. what's happened? And then they climb out of the hole. It's just it's just this funny dramatic moment. Uh, and then they go in, they climb up twenty two floors by <laughs> by the stairs.
2: Well, you know, Dom, they said in the the documentary on um, on Netflix, you know, the the movies that made us documentary I mentioned earlier, they were talking about the whole licensing issue over the name because there was a previous show that yes. had been called Ghostbusters, and um, they said that they had been filming every scene like where there was some reference to Ghostbusters. They had filmed it twice with like the other name was going to be, Ghost, right. you know, Ghost smashers, that, yeah, break breakers or smashers. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that when they filmed that scene outside the apartment, that whole crowd of like hundreds of extras just chanting Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. And I think the one producer said he's like, I ran over and I grabbed the pay phone, put a quarter in, called you know, whoever the executive was. And I held the phone up. I said, listen to them, you know, and they're cheering. He's like, it's the name stay in. And then they yeah. just kind of moved, kind of on faith at that point, hoping it would clear up. And right. If, and there's a whole cool story how that happened, but I just thought that was fun too. That was kind of the moment where it's like, no, it's got to be Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it just, just sounds better. They're yelling. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So they climb up the stairs. I, I, it's very funny watching these clearly out of shape guys climbing the stairs. How how far are we? We're we're in. I think we're in somewhere in the teens. Tell me when we get to twenty, so I can throw up. <laughs> I'm <gonna> throw up. <laughs> <laughs> just, and then they get up there they they climb 22 <laughs> stairs and as you mentioned they come out into the hallway and this is when egon goes oh art deco very nice
1: <laughs> Which <Yeah>. and they're <laughs> like they're so tired they're like so where's the apartment at the end of the hall all right uh, you know? and yeah. they're just like they're all smokers do they all be able to have cigarettes <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. Breath.
0: i forgot to mention like the that scene where they first met slimer where ray you know he's he had just lit a cigarette and as he sees the the ghost his mouth just falls open and the cigarette just kind of falls and hangs from his lip like unnoticed. And that was completely, uh, spontaneous. He it wasn't prepared. It just kind of just hung there, but off, off of his lip. Uh, it was, it was very funny. Uh, so anyway, they, they, uh, Dana and Lewis or the gatekeeper and the key master, uh, are together in Dana's apartment that's now been blasted open. She's not living there anymore. And, uh, they, They've climbed up to the roof where there's this altar and they open the astral door to the, the astral plate, whatever the heck it is. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is, but just go with it. And uh, then they, they turn into the terror dogs. And this is where, uh, where Peter says, yeah, my girlfriend, she's a dog. <laughs> yeah, just kind of acknowledging. Um, and then they have to confront Gozer So we have this, uh, who is taken the form of a, uh, I think it was, it was a Czechoslovakian model, but yeah who they actually ha- ended up having to dub in her, all her lines because her accent was so strong that no one could understand anything she was saying.
2: Did you catch the one that when, when she's saying choose, uh, choose and perish? Choose and Bill perish. Murray, another controversial thing. He, he said, he said it, it sounded like she was saying Jews and berries. <laughs> and, he, and he couldn't stop laughing because just every time she tried to say it, it just, and he's like, that's not. So we're gonna have to dub it. You're yeah, gonna have to dub that in. It's like that's not gonna work. So, uh so they they
0: this time they push Ray up to confront her, and so he tell he, he gives her like the cease assist order to return to your uh, previous plane of existence, and she says, "Are you a god?" And he says, "Um, no." And so she blasts them all with lightning, and this is where Winston, who's the most faithful guy of them all, says, "If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes." it's just so funny um and then said then she says the traveler has come choose the form of the destructor and perish and they're all like empty your minds don't think of anything you know blank slate and that ray gets that look on his face like oh oh i can't stop thinking and he thinks of the most innocent uh, figure of my childhood the the most uh, that could not possibly hurt me and it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, a giant building-sized marshmallow man uh, who, you know, is stomping through New York on the way. here. I love the fact that you hear the footsteps, these heavy, like, pounding footsteps far away as they're talking, like, what did you do, Ray? What did you do? And uh yeah, it's the it's the stay off marshmallow. <laughs> then Man. you see
1: a little bit of him between the buildings, you're not sure what it is. Yeah. And then it, and then he looks like a a float on the Macy's Day Parade. He's so yeah. happy and fluffy. Yeah. What could yeah, he possibly sound.
2: do? <laughs> yes. Well it's a little it's a little bit like the whole, you know, the the possession of Lewis and as ridiculous as that is on this mega scale. Right. You know, and um and Dan Ackroyd was saying i would heard before like Michelin Man and Pillsbury Doughboy, but Dan Aykroyd added that it actually also his original concept was those two. And the uh what did say, the the Angelus marshmallow, which was a product in Canada. Oh, okay. Which would look similar. And then he said that I guess the the um storyboarding, like the the um concept art guys did like the the sailor costume thing and he said he almost fell out of his chair laughing at like just the moment he saw it. He's like, the, Yes, that's the it. The sailor costume is
0: just the the on top of it. it. And of course Vancouver makes a joke there too, but the. We won't go there. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, so the uh, the marshmallow man attacks the building and uh, catches on. They shoot him first. He catches on fire, and the the only choice here is to do the one thing, the one thing that is very bad that we should not do, which is to cross the streams. And so they, they you know they do the whole thing. You know, you
2: can to say he's like. There's definitely a slim chance we'll survive. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> that, that, right.
1: let's do it
2: i'm i'm in (laughs) so uh,
0: so they they shoot the portal with the things and everything explodes the marshmallow man explodes marshmallow falls everywhere uh, including all over peck there's like this scene where he's standing on the street and this huge (laughs) thing of marshmallow falls on him now there's a story where william atherton says he you know as they were about to film this he saw like the big bag that he was supposed to stand on, and he's like how much marshmallow and it's it wasn't marshmallow it was um shaving cream shaving cream it's like how much is in there and they said it's 75 pounds but it's only shaving cream and it's like do you ever hear the old joke about 75 pounds of rocks and 75 pounds of feathers which would you rather get hit by it's still 75 pounds <laughs> so so what they did was they like okay we'll send a uh stuntman to, to show you so the stuntman walks over they pull the thing; it drops seventy five pounds of shaving cream on him. The guy gets flattened like to the floor. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll put half as much in." So what they really <laughs> dropped on him was half as much. And apparently, the line he yells there, which you can't really hear over everything, is "Venkman, I hate you." As it hits him, so <laughs> that's a great. No, moment. no
1: the 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 irony is up on the building. Everyone, all three other Ghostbusters besides Vaikman yes. appear, and you can't even tell who they are because they're completely, they're completely covered in covered, marshmallow. Yeah. And then Vaikman comes out and he has like a little bit on his shoulder, <laughs> yeah. a little like, bit in his hair. And I'm like, did like Bill Murray have a fear of shaving cream? I mean, what was the deal? Like, why Did he put his foot down? <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like, no, you're not doing this to me. And he says, "I feel like the floor
1: of a taxi cab," which is That's such a great. says that. I feel like yeah. the floor of a taxi cab.
0: That's such a great line because it's so evocative. Like you crows. And then so, when they go
1: over to get um Louis and Louis Louis and Dana, he's like, "Oh, it smells like burnt dog hair." Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Been... <laughs> I forgot because he thought she was dead at that point. Yeah. But then
0: it turns out they're inside the statues of the dogs. They have to pull them out. And uh, as they're walking out, uh, what was it? Uh, I think Egon or Ray say to, to Lewis, "Mr. Tully, you've been a participant in the biggest interdimensional cross rip since the Tunguska incident of 1909." Which is just great. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we, we'd like to take a sample of your brainstem. And he, he just okay. says, "Okay, uh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's about where we end things there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and that's it becomes a you know one of the great movies of all time. It's on bunches of lists of top 100 movies and great comedies and quotable movies and all that sort of stuff so and and they've made they made a Ghostbusters 2 they made the uh, Ghostbusters reboot I kind of thing a few years ago well, the ladies the ladies yeah
2: I wasn't yeah. the biggest fan I just didn't I never, think been, was, I never been bothered
1: I thought it yeah was the,
2: yeah uh, it, uh, felt, uh, it, felt, it felt more like a parody quite frankly but I, I'm yeah. excited for the next one because it's a uh, well uh, that's what I was going to bring Jason up. Jason Reitman
0: yeah, there's it's a it's a it's kind of a third sequel. Yeah. It's got uh, Ivan Reitman's son doing it, and it's uh there's a trailer. The only thing about it though is it's called Ghostbusters Afterlife, and it's got uh, is that uh, Paul Rudd in it, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, it's Wolf, it, what's what's the kid from Stranger Things? I'm forgetting his name now.
0: Oh, um, it's Stranger something
2: Force. different. It's like Wolf something.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's
2: uh oh, what's it? any well come Paul, on come on google bill murray finn finn <laughs> Wolfhard, or finn Wolfhard. that's right yeah is that the big but kid no it's <laughs> um uh, it, mike yeah
0: okay. it's mike yeah so but also going to be in it which we haven't seen in the trailers is annie potts bill murray sigourney weaver dan Aykroyd, and ernie hudson Mm hmm.
2: They're, wow. they're all oh, credited. The way, is it just me or does Ernie Hudson pretty much not look older than he did in like
0: 1989?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Ernie he's, Hudson. He's, seven, he's 75 years old. He has not aged the day. It's unbelievable.
1: No, I mean, so it's crazy how old they are. I was I was looking at the different people. It's like the the college student that Peter was hitting on in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Yesterday, she turned 60 wow, was like, wow this is like so <laughs> people are so old now oh, wow. and you know and i also just before you know before we wrap up it's, it's funny with these guys and you look at like caddyshack and stripes and the different things they did together you know with you know some of them uh you know in pairs and whatever uh and it seemed like they were just partying like they were just like you know they were probably getting high and drunk and you know and <laughs> right, filming right. this filming this movie on the side and but the fact is that they were just so darn talented. I mean, they, I mean, you hear you have two of the Ghostbusters wrote the script. Yep. You know, another guy directed it, but one of them probably could have. And they, and, and they just kind of winged it and filmed way too much and came up with gold because they're so darn funny. It's yeah. just, it was just like, you know, you can't, you yeah. know, that's, that without those three, three guys, that movie goes nowhere. There's, there's, you have nothing.
0: I mean, it was kind of the 80s were kind of a golden age for these these sort of crazy, funny movies. You know, you, you had so many funny uh, actors. So you had these guys, but then you had Eddie Murphy making movies. You had um, John uh, John Candy making movies. You had, you had Saturday Night
1: Live spewing out icons of people. Like, yes. I mean, just, it's when Saturday Night Live was funny. Yeah, Saturday Night <laughs> was funny. And, and the people that were coming off that were just yeah. superstars you know, uh, for, for like 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the eighties it was the golden age of, of those guys coming out and doing movies right. that are just still classic.
0: Yeah. One last thing about this, this, um, sequel or what it was, It's really a sequel. I mean, you've got the, the same actors in it. it. Ghostbusters afterlife. And it's, 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 it was originally supposed to come out this summer, but with everything, it, I think it's been pushed back to next year. The trailer seems kind of dark not all that funny and i i don't know if they've done that intentionally to kind of tamp down expectations of funny or what but i'm kind of curious i i hope it's a comedy i really do i hope they go they go slapstick for broke because it, it's got to be for ghostbusters don't don't do mm-hmm. a serious scary movie do do a
1: comedy i hope so yeah i don't see how they couldn't you're right
0: anything left to say about this movie though the ghostbusters 1984
2: i just you know uh it's it's funny my dad reminded me that uh you know, again, just the—it's been with me my whole life. He still has like on this this desk, this whole desk of his. There's like a little piece of masking tape that's still on there that I had like put and, and wrote Venkman on it. You know, because like <laughs> we had the the costumes and stuff. Yeah, and we even named—I've—I forgot about this till just now. But um, in I think '88, we got a dog. Uh-huh. And I named him Winston. Oh wow! because my because, because the story goes, I wanted desperately to name the dog Egon. And my dad said, I'm not going to stand outside at night yelling Egon for a dog to come in. Where's the dog? Egon. It's it's like, no. So but yeah, so even goes to the the naming of our our first dog. So that's (laughs) awesome. I never get sick of it. It's always fun.
0: Great. Right. Well, so I guess we'll wrap it up. I do want to stop here and take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including Rick A, Christine, Christina T., Dennis G, Jeffrey F, and Catherine N. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of the original Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters movie? Let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Until next time, Mike Dens, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Ghostbusters.
1: I'll just end by saying I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Creevy, thank you as well. Hey, thanks so much. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. And remember... Many shoes and zools knew what it was like to be roasted in the depths of the floor that day. I can tell you.